0: Hi, and welcome to the podcast. You're having tea with Alice. This week's episode is with Larry Dean, who is an excellent human being and Glaswegian. I really liked talking to him. I love talking to him. He's a great thing to talk to, but he's also, uh, I managed to push him off a strict no opinions policy into a bunch of opinions, which made me very happy. I hope you enjoy listening uh, to that. If you want to support the podcast, patreon.com slash Alice Fraser is the place to go. Um, if you think the podcast is worth something to you in, uh, that can be quantified monetarily uh, and feel like you have some spare money, do that. That would be great. It, I, it pays my hosting costs because the hosting costs go up the more listeners I have. And it also helps me cover tea for my guests so this podcast doesn't cost me money to make, just time and energy. Uh, which I happily do because it's what make me, makes me happy. Uh, if you want to read, I also write blogs up there, so they're accessible by anyone. You don't have to pay for them, patreon.com slash Fraser. You can just go and look at um, you know me playing with ideas there if that's something you're interested in. If you're in uh, London, just follow me on Twitter, at alliterative, if you want to see gigs. I'll be back in Australia for about 10 days and then back in London again and then in Edinburgh and then in Australia and then maybe in LA if I can afford the flights. Uh, for the LA podcast festival so that's a bunch of things coming up I don't really put up anything other than major gigs on my website so Twitter's the place to do that, if you just want to chat alicerfraser at gmail.com or if you prefer me not to know your email address at alliterative on Twitter and we can communicate in 140 character blips, I think that's all of the things that I needed to say that's about it Uh, you're having tea with Alice talk to you next week So you've got black tea, no milk, no sugar.
1: Hi, man.
0: Why? Why do you have it that way?
1: Uh, I used to have milk and four sugars. Then I started becoming well, was not becoming, I used to be really uh, overweight, so I stopped having sugar, and then uh, I became allergic to milk about uh, about a year ago, two year ago, and then I just started having a food that. It's good, man, wakes you up. I didn't even realise milk had caffeine in it until... Uh,
0: that tea had caffeine in it.
1: Yeah, tea had caffeine in it until about, <laughs> until about, I think, about eight months ago. I was like, oh, man, whenever I have tea, I'm in a good mood for some reason. I don't know what it is.
0: Well, it's a combination of the caffeine and uh, various uh, compounds in the tea. They're like, There's a reason that tea makes you feel better than coffee does.
1: Is it supposed to be good for you? Aye?
0: L-theanine is what it is, is the compound that is like makes you feel good, other than the one that makes you feel chilled and good. Because ca- coffee is just caffeine, whereas like the L-theanine is like the thing that makes it feel like, mmm.
1: So is it healthy for me? Very healthy. All right, cool. Magic. Um, I'm doing something healthy for me.
0: <laughs> well, uh, ex- tell our audience who you are uh, to start with.
1: Uh, hello, audience. Uh, I'm Larry Dean. I'm a comedian uh, from Glasgow. That's, I don't know. There's not very much to tell you about <laughs> myself. So a bit difficult. Um, don't know. It's weird because actually, how many? What do people usually say about themselves? Because I always think whenever somebody, well, whenever another comedian or somebody involved in the industry asks me, what like tell us about yourself you just say you're a comedian but then if you're out and about you never say you're a comedian to anybody else no because it's sort of li-
0: embarrassing and weird and Aye. Like no and one knows what that means being a comedian
1: i and it's kind of it gets our expectations way too high but at least if you're in the industry you and you say you're a comedian they're like cool you might be a bit depressing <laughs> um but i never know what to say about myself apart from that like you know those kind of questions like, what's the most in- like those kind of dating questions of what's the most interesting thing about you and then when you say i'm a comedian you're just like yeah i'm de- i'll define my personality by my job too <laughs> <laughs> well
0: i mean it's one of those uh, professions that's in some for some people it's a pathology like there's some people who are comedians in that they can't ever turn it off
1: i um yeah there's a few of them i quite like that though some i think a lot of other comedians will find that tiring when someone can't turn it off, but I actually really like it. Because uh, in a conversation, I'm quite, um, I quite like listening to people. Like in a group, Especially in a group of people, usually I think they'd expect me to be the one trying to be the centre of attention. But I think the way I was brought up was whenever you're in a group of people or whenever you're sat at the dinner table, you be quiet, we'll talk. Yeah. And it's, it's just got me used to just listening to what other people have to say. And then when it's my time to speak, which is usually when a microphone is in front of me then I'll say what they said or what I thought in that situation. Without, But then it it means it's a lie of saying, oh, so they said this and then they said this, but then I said this really witty thing. And I'm like, I didn't actually say that, but I thought that at the time, but I didn't have the confidence to say it at the time.
0: <laughs> but now in front of dozens of strangers, I have the confidence Dozens? To say, Come on, mate. Hundreds. 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 <laughs> well, you're, you're very <laughs> Thousands,
1: thousands, mate. O- audience, if you haven't heard of me before, where have you been?
0: You should look. You should look Larry Dean up. He's got some good clips up online, which I don't actually. I don't have a lot of good clips up online.
1: Well, yeah, so you've got quite a few clips because I tried to get you a gig uh, the other day, and then I saw yeah, there's like not twenty good
0: clips. gigs. They're not good clips. They're ones that other people. Have are put you not up, really
1: stringent on the how many clips are on of you? Because i sit on. I've got more videos of myself, but then I've always said like I, can't, I don't want that one on.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Really
1: stringent with Because I always think you wanna leave people going, Oh, I really want to see more.
0: Yeah, I don't have a lot that's from the last four years really.
1: Mm, we got what what about the other ones that are on already? What are you my? P-
0: yeah, I might do that if I could be bothered.
1: <laughs> oh mate, I'm so like I'm so paranoid of what people think of me. So if the clip isn't um there's a book for you all. If the clip isn't what I consider to be the best reaction that bit could have ever got then uh, or if it's off the cuff i'll put it on because i'm like well it's off the cuff so uh, i could never do that again mm. uh, then i'll put it on but if i think oh, i've had gigs that that's gone better at then
0: which is why for me i don't put ones up because I'm a perfectionist so I have a lot of Aye. things that i filmed with myself but they're never good enough so what ends up happening is then other people put up stuff that I would just n- never be happy with oh mate I go
1: mental and people do that I go like I, compl- like I don't go mental as in that I go rude and get angry at them whatever but before if I know there's a camera in the room I will say specifically to them going eh, you have to check that with me first before it goes on I'll see if it's whatever I want and also there's nothing worse I think as well when somebody sees you on YouTube doing a bit of material and then they see you do it again because that's the magic's taken away then because whenever you see someone do material like the really good comics is either a mat- piece of material has to be beautifully written and you can go yeah that was wrote before but that is so beautiful beautifully wrote that i don't care if it's been wrote before or you have to play the trick of i'm coming up with this off the top of my head and yeah. my material is not beautifully written <laughs> so i need them to think oh it's come out on the top of his head
0: yeah i th- i, I yeah, i I should chase other people up, but I can't. Like I find it too confronting. Well, to that's like what we're
1: gonna do as soon as the microphones are off. Here, we're go like down. and... I, I will I will go through it with you if you want. <laughs> I'm pull so pull down, down th- clips. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, man. You're just like also when uh, pe- see
0: I w- when I put up clips of myself, it oh tends yeah. not to be of bits. It'll tend to be like a little bit of it like a setup, and then I'll cut to another. Bit just to show the vibe in the room and kind of what I'm.
1: So like. all your videos don't have punchlines. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: no, well, they might be just be just the punchline and laugh, or just the setup, and then I cut to another bit, just to show what I'm like on stage, rather right. than to show my material.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's fair enough. But you would want to have like a unlisted one, so you could send it to. Oh yeah, promoter. yeah I have that. You got that as well. Yeah, I alright. You one that's
0: s- like just me and yeah. My
1: you day. might need to send that to me then, so I can send it to people if I'm trying to get you a gig. Oh
0: well, thank you. Yeah. I like that you're I trying put to get. You in, me I put juice. you in
1: as a replacement for me. Um, for a gig. Uh, yeah, I
0: don't know if I'd be a one for one replacement for you. <laughs> like nah, I know someone's like k- someone like Larry. I know D. we're not
1: I know we not similar, but uh
0: and also you're much higher profile than I am
1: here. Yeah, but that's only because I've been here so much longer. So you've just come over here. So give it a, a year. Give it a year. And then I'll be like, Can you get can you help me with
0: <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh have you been thinking about anything recently? Like having any complicated thoughts wrestling with yourself about anything
1: um complicated thoughts and wrestling with things well i've actually been having loads of nightmares lately because of the edinburgh fringe and uh, the problem with being terrified of what people think of you makes this job incredibly stressful i wasn't the best comedians are the ones who don't care because they're just so confident and they can pull any bit of material because they're like, I know I'm funny.
0: Yeah, but if they were confident, they wouldn't be a comedian.
1: Yeah, but they've got, it's almost they always have that perfect thing of on stage, I'm so unbelievable. Kind of going on stage, I'm really confident and I know this material is funny, but then your private life, you're a wreck. That's what you need to be a That's good comedian. That's the deal with the devil Aye. that you make. But the, the problem <laughs> is in my work life, um, I'm unco- I'm not well. I can be confident at points, and then in my normal life, we I'm are not confident very confident enough at all.
0: to email people and tell them to take videos down.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, well, not anymore. I don't. I just get um, somebody else to do that for us. Um, but I think that's. Um, I think my paranoia outweighs my lack of confidence. <laughs> 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 it's like it's kind of like use each of your uh, your mental issues to your benefit. Uh, which one can go uh, over the other ones? But like lately, um not really, man. i got my other half living out in Australia, which is a bit annoying. Um, so I've been Skyping that. We met at the end of the Perth Comedy Festival in the end of April. So it's, uh, basically, uh, whenever I'm not gigging or trying to write material, I'm just looking on Skyscanner of how ways to get him over here. Because I'm better at performing if he's in the room. Because I think I'm still really trying to impress him.
0: So that's what... How, so it's a relatively new relationship if you're still trying to impress him or you still have new relationship energy despite the fact you've been going out for a while.
1: Yeah, it was because I've only actually seen him in person about 25 times probably. I don't know how long it takes. When do you think it wears off actually of like when you don't really care what the other person thinks.
0: It depends on who they are and what your relationship is like. I mean, arguably, a really good relationship is where you always care about what the other person thinks. Or, arguably, a really good relationship is one where you o- automatically feel comfortable and relaxed around them. Like, I, I
1: Oh, no, I still feel relaxed. As if I, I think it's... I feel really relaxed uh, around the person. I think it's because he's an actor that I'm kind of like, oh, he knows about this. So it's like having an industry person in the gig. It's like when even though you would always want to do well at a gig, if you know somebody who's a, a reviewer's in or somebody who books a gig is in, you then you're your gonna, game up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think that's yeah, what I'm, I'm doing. Yeah,
0: I'm quite... G- I feel like I respond well to pressure in that way. Although mm. this Melbourne, I tanked one show and it was the show the judges were in. But that was because the front row was like... It was like they were custom designed to be my mortal enemies. Aye. They were just... Just the w- worst...
1: You should have told me to just sit in the back. <laughs> 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 Bounce, mate. Uh, it was it
0: was, it a was really interesting vibe. I don't think I've ever... Often, if you don't do well at a gig, it's sort of, oh, I don't know why that happened mm. or I should have done something different. Like It was like the only way I could have done better is if I'd been a different person because <laughs> they just hit all of my buttons of just like... I cannot react well to this. I can't fix it. I can't get you on side. They were just not. And I, it was that thing of like, I, cou- I didn't know how to deal with that situation. Who I like should have told them all to leave, except that they were the front row.
1: Aye. It's, yeah, there's nothing you can do about that. It's that kind of thing as well. Like if Unless they are being a complete prick, you can't call them a prick. So it would just make a tension in the room that's almost as difficult to repair.
0: There's a pati- yeah. There's one particular um, audience member who comes to shows and laughs too hard.
1: Oh, you told me about this one. Uh, and and, this one. and that's
0: a that's a real that throws you, man. Mm. Like and 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 it wouldn't throw you, I feel, if it were sincere. But maybe it would.
1: Yeah. Well, oh, I've got one that's uh like uh, someone I work with who uh, who does that as well, and the laughs really, it's really distinctive and jarring so the audience kind of itself is because the best laugh is obviously when the audience is flowing as one doing kind of one big whoosh and then they know when the next big whoosh is coming or whatever yeah but then when one person is laughing at a bit that's a bit awkward the audience is going hold on what joke was that what joke was that which i missed out on and then you're too busy you're telling the next part of the joke which is actually the bit you're supposed to laugh at and everyone's too busy thinking of going why was that funny before
0: yeah, I g- yeah, I there's there's a couple of people who have really good laughs that mm. are, that might come at different points, but they're such sort of delightful laughs on their own that they sort Aye. of contribute. So there's two in Melbourne, one is Amanda Buckley, who's an improviser, and I've seen her laugh save impro scenes. Right. Like that were dying and just because she was in the audience and found it hilarious, as we all do find failure hilarious. Aye. The audience got on side and figured out that, that it was funny that it was failing and saved the scene, which is Was beautiful, and the other one is Sam Streeter, who has a very distinctive laugh, and it's like on every, like every Australian comedy DVD. She's like a super fan. I had her on uh, the podcast uh, because I was so interested in somebody who's been watching comedy like religiously for twenty years.
1: She do it as well though.
0: She does her laugh. Yeah, do she but does, does like she
1: do stand up herself no or she, she just doesn't. watches yeah
0: which is sort of amazing to me I can't really understand I can't wrap my head around that
1: I'm the same man I'm like whenever somebody goes to loads of comedy gigs you're like wh- why do you go to loads of comedy gigs it must get boring I get I don't really watch that much comedy at all anymore unless I know somebody's like I've got a few acts I'm like I'll definitely mm. go and watch them because they're mm. so funny but then since it's uh, obviously uh, what do you call it when when uh, it's Whatever your taste is, subjective. That's the word. That's uh, it. So since it's subjective, obviously I'm going to find everybody as funny. But there's some audiences that uh, audience members who find everybody the funniest thing in the world, and I'm just oh, can I, I can't put that out on my head of how somebody could l- enjoy so much comedy.
0: I mean, I mean, it would be lovely to find everything that funny. Aye. Like w- you'd live in a wonderful world. <laughs> like, oh my God. I'd love, I'd love to find everything that funny. I feel like, I, uh, I find fewer things funny than I used to even, and I was never. Banned. You were never,
1: you never found much funny anyway. <laughs>
0: no, well, I don't know. I, I liked Monty Python, I guess. Aye. No, I liked comedy, but I never liked it in a. I, I liked it because I thought it was interesting rather than because I thought it was funny. Maybe I'm lying. I don't know.
1: Uh.
0: I don't know why I liked comedy, but I always did.
1: I always, I always find crude stuff funny, man, but not uh, particularly clever stuff. But now I find clever, clever rude stuff funny, or silly rude stuff. It has to be silly, uh, for me to find it funny, pretty much. Yeah. Because a lot of, uh, a lot of my favourite stuff is just, as as if it, there's a kind of nonsensical element to it. Then I'm like, cool, brilliant. I'm all, I'm all up for that because then it's completely taken out of context and no one else can do it then. Yeah, because if you t- it's those jokes that if you tell somebody on the street, there's no chance of them getting it. Yeah, when uh, you say
0: I saw this amazing thing, blah 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 blah, and they look at you like you have lost touch. Yeah,
1: yeah, it's it's those ones that are the ones that because then it means that there's no way in which I can in my head go, oh, I figured out how they did that joke. Yeah. If there's a way I can't figure it out, then I'm like, well, that's that's pretty much what I want. But when you learn how to write jokes, you're like, oh, now I know what's happening. <laughs> <laughs>
0: The mystery's gone.
1: Aye. Um but yeah, at the same time, I d- well, this proves a point of then all you since you know about it, and even though you're not particularly interested in it, all you can talk about is comedy when you're a comedian.
0: Yeah, I um, mean,
1: so it's quite depressing. <laughs>
0: no, 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 no. I think it's not. I think it's. I. I mean, one of the things that I find I don't know challenging or weird is when you come up against an idea that you've been. Interested in, mm-hmm. but you've figured out a stand-up bit about it. Aye. And so when somebody asks you your opinion on that issue, you've thought about your opinion on the issue. Like, you really have, like, you've done your research and you've figured it all out, but you it's really hard to say anything other than the stand-up bit. Aye. And then you have to be like, oh, this is a bit that I do.
1: Oh, well, I don't really... My stand-up isn't really many opinions. so no, and I mean, I have even, even just... I don't really have the confidence to have an opinion. Because I'm so easily convinced. Now, with the <laughs> leave and remain referendum stuff, I watched a video last night on why the e- UK should leave the EU. Yeah. And I found myself going, oh, that's not a bad point. Oh, that's quite a good point, actually, aye. But then you just end up looking up the facts, and then you're like, oh, that's fucking... It's absolute bullshit they're talking now. But I I get drawn... In. I can see why people get, like, brainwashed so easily, because I get brainwashed easily enough. So whenever i've tried to have an opinion on anything usually someone else will be devil's advocate and say and ask me enough questions and i've and there's so many times I wish i've got kind of shut down going oh well i don't know actually i don't know actually why so i end up just keeping all my opinions to myself
0: but i think you know that's the way that opinions get stronger is by bashing them around and like backing off them and coming back to them and you're like you know someone argues you argues you off a position and then you go well okay but I believe it. I still believe it. Why do I actually believe it? And you figure out another way to get back to your same position, or you abandon the position.
1: Aye, I don't think I'm passionate enough about anything then, to actually have a a proper opinion on it. I
0: don't think you need to be passionate to ha- talk about ideas.
1: Well, what's your main opinion? I mean, you have to be passionate opinion. about actually, have ideas,
0: but not about any individual idea.
1: Well, have you got any I- like ideas yourself that of. Um, Opinions you've got that people have found controversial before in the past. <laughs>
0: All of them <laughs>
1: right, like, like what?
0: Oh, I mean, here's one that I think is should be non controversial, but mm-hmm. got me in trouble. Um, I shut down a lunch room at my law firm just into awkward silence by positing this hypothetical, which is that the Catholic Church mm-hmm. are anti abortion, which they say is because they are pro human life.
1: Right. Currently here we go. <laughs> huh? here we, go.
0: Here we go. Currently incubator technology can take a child who's premature and bring them to term outside of the womb. And there's a gap between when it's legal to have an abortion where it is legal to have an abortion. But there's a gap between that, like early term abortion and where you can take a baby and put it in an incubator. Why would not the Catholic Church then throw all of their money into incubator technology, closing that gap, so you can go to a young lady who comes to an abortion clinic, hey, hold off for a month, and then we will take the baby. They're running out of priests, they need more trainees, why would they not do that?
1: So what, they, they raise the baby as a priest?
0: Well, they raise the baby and then, I assume, sort of indoctrinated into the Catholic Church, which they're pretty good at and then it can be a priest or not as it chooses
1: it feels like some kind of sci-fi film of like how to create an army yeah uh,
0: but I'm just saying if, if what you wi- if, if what you want is to protect human life <laughs> Let's
1: get to the point of whether they use the babies for electricity um, <laughs> yeah it uh, is a
0: controversial opinion
1: why would they not do that
0: why would they not do that I mean if if um, what they want is to protect human to life to be honest I quite
1: agree with that as well what you're saying
0: hmm. See, I think that's a very interesting hypothetical.
1: I find the thing nonsensical as well because Catholic Church isn't, I don't think it is Old Testament. It's New Testament. So they uh, also uh, believe in uh, evolution. So which kind of means that they believe in science to an extent, Uh, obviously, unless it goes against what they think in the book. But do you um, mean,
0: like, theological evolution, or do you mean the theory of evolution? The theory
1: of evolution, but then that... Uh, I don't know
0: that they do, do they? I'm I pretty sure they
1: do. My brother said that they do, and yeah. hes he went to seminary. Um, well, then he would know. Yeah, I know, but at the same I time, I might have misheard them because usually when he's talking about seminary, I was kind of, like, shutting off, going, oh, God, I can't be really bothered listening to this crap. Um, I but just with giggle, because
0: it has the word seminary in
1: <laughs> it. <laughs> well, uh, but I think with the... I'm like, well, they want us to keep breathing, like, have six kids, ten kids or whatever. Don't use your condoms because we need to continue human life. But then, if we have too many kids and the population is too full, then we're all going to run out of food. Yeah. And uh, the world can't cope with too many people. That's one opinion I've got, actually, which is very controversial. I think that the limiting uh, of children is not the worst idea in the world. Like, limiting the population because and the problem is of what happened in china though because ideologically that's a fine idea but then what happened with china with the kids yeah like with the female uh, children would be killed because males will make more money or whatever yeah. so it's like well so as soon as we <laughs> it's almost the thing that you think well we need to sort out the first problem then we need to sort out women pay uh, gap uh you know sort out the feminism all that and then we can do the population <laughs> thing but then you think oh maybe we need to sort for something else so then it's one problem after the other
0: see I would say I mean the one that appeals to me and I know it's fascism but I like it is um, the is a science fiction author who I've spoken about before who I really like called Lois M- Master Bujold and one of the things that she posits in one of her imaginary worlds is a world where when you're a young woman you get your first period you get a you go to the doctor and they you know, give you an ear piercing and it's like ceremonial and awesome and you also get a, an IUD, an interuterine implant, hmm. a contraceptive implant. Oh, and okay. then when you want to have kids, you apply for a license. Yeah. Like a driving license and then they'll take it out and then you have the kid and then they'll put it back in. Aye. So that having a child is always a matter of choice and never a, a matter of accident And I like that idea because there's so many children who were accidents who turned out to be happy accidents and have been wonderful. But there's also a lot of children who were born unhappily to unhappy parents who've then treated them badly or treated one another badly.
1: If you don't care about the kid, then what's stopping you drinking or smoking or whatever when you're about to have it and the kid ends up with a deformity. And then, you know what I mean? It's like just prevent it from happening in the first place. No, I agree with that. But at the same time, it's not... It's not natural, so we can't do that, guys. Yeah, it's not natural.
0: Antibiotics aren't natural, you know?
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, come on, mate. you got to stick to the religion well, I mean, you're, stuff. You're doing you want to part. You wanna go to heaven?
0: Do
1: you want to go to heaven? Come on, mate. Get a grip, man. Right? <laughs> just go make me some more tea. <laughs> I'll, I
0: will make you more tea. Are you nearly done with your tea? No, I'm not. No. I'm only
1: joking. Only oh, this
0: was just you stepping back with feminism.
1: Yeah, fuck feminism, man. Fuck that. Fuck equal rights. <laughs> this is stupid. <laughs> it's whenever uh, whenever I say any of my opinions because I'm just, like so left-wing and socialist uh like kind of green green party nutcase. Um but whenever I say it to my parents they go, "Yeah, but that's idealistic stuff." Uh and you're like, "Well, what's the point of having politics if it's not going to be an ideology?" Yeah. Cuz surely who goes into who goes into something going well We'll make it all right. Surely the whole point is either to go, well, we'll try and make this perfect. Obviously it won't be perfect. But we'll make it as good as we can. But I hate that thing of going, no, it's just thing. So well, there's no other way of selling it.
0: So your idea is for fewer children and a better world.
1: Uh, yeah, I think um, we should be able to feed everybody in the world before we start getting more, billions more people on the earth. Um, and also close all the zoos, leave animals to do their own thing uh and what else if we should definitely plant more trees stop the amazon thing and stop fishing the people who are fishermen know they should get subsidies as in like they should get given money and should just get other jobs that uh and they should well even something like they could get education to do any job that they want and they still get paid exactly the same amount of money that they would earn on their best year of fishing so it means that the fish can start coming back because we need to leave it. I think we're going to run out of fish in 50 years or whatever oh the terrifying statistic is. Um, oh, the coal, power plants, oil and stuff, that all needs to get rid of. We'll get solar power. Oh, they're saying, oh, but we won't, they won't have jobs. All these people are saying, yeah, but we'll train these people to change their job into energy efficient stuff. Actually, whenever I do have opinions, it's always just the kind of left-wing socialist stuff. Also, it has to be a law in which... Any player, member of parliament, it has to, uh, for the shadow cabinet. That's what I like with Jeremy Corbyn for his cabinet. He did 50 percent women, 50 percent men. Because I'm like, if if it's a fucking sausage fest in a in a cabinet meeting, that's never going to get anything good done. So I think of pushing. The problem is, I've read somebody said something yesterday about making it the case that you have to be uh, gender equal rights is a bad thing because so? because it's making it the case of like if say you didn't have as good a qualifications as me but you got the job instead of me because you were a woman mm-hmm. then that's discrimination to me because you know how difficult white men have had it over the past hundreds of years mm-hmm. but then I'm like I can understand why he's saying it's you can't just do that as if that is the the like the line you have to just go that but it's like you have to push it in that direction of gradually getting more and more and more because also the chances are the reason why you wouldn't have as good a qualifications as me is because no me. one's
0: given me the internship and then yeah the ex- exactly and then the other thing yeah.
1: so it needs to start at school and then the school thing oh god here, I'm on a fucking roll here yeah, man do me the school I'm gonna thing. Chi- I've, this is uh, this is me this is I, I'm actually Bernie Saunders I'm just in a Glasgow accent <laughs> so nobody can tell oh <laughs> well, that's another one I've kept up way more with the uh, American stuff than uh, with the the UK stuff. Mainly because uh, the American stuff's a bit kind of, it's a bit more interesting than the the, the English politics. It's a bit more cooler because also, Jeremy Corbyn. I'm really, f- I really like Jeremy Corbyn. I know he got into he's got into trouble today about the Israel comparing Israel to ISIS. Oh dear. But uh, the issue with that is that's the fucking media. Yeah, uh, I imagine what I've he said was quote.
0: much more complicated yeah. and nuanced than and also what he, he
1: wasn't actually i don't think i personally don't think he was comparing it because if you're jeremy Corbyn, left wing kind of everybody is equal i don't think he's gonna just go actually you know what i don't like that kind of person it's but bit weird.
0: it's interesting how much mud sticks like i um i was recently uh listening to a podcast with um copstick who's a reviewer famous sort of edinburgh reviewer uh, and she got in a heap of trouble a couple of months ago because she was in Ghana. Mm-hmm. She goes to you know, Kenya. She goes to ke- to Kenya every like 3 or 4 months and does work with like slum children and women and men and sex workers and like she does a lot of charity work and she runs a charity shop. And uh she sa- she was talking on this podcast about how she'd been reading articles in a web cafe but because she's an old person and doesn't know how the internet works, when she wants to read an article but doesn't have time to read it, she'll just put it on her own Facebook wall Mm. so that she can then go back and find it. And she reposted or she put onto her own Facebook wall uh, an article which she said had an interesting title about why ISIS should bomb the something Israel pipeline. Mm -hmm. Just like she was like, oh, that sounds interesting. But she posted it with no comment on her Facebook wall or maybe with a comment being like, oh, this looks interesting. And then it turned out to be, if she had clicked through, which other people obviously did, hugely anti-Semitic, like just like pictures of cartoon Jews with big hooky noses, like properly, like properly anti-Semitic.
1: Jesus. And Eh. then
0: people said, what are you doing? What is this? Is it a joke? But she was in Kenya and had no internet reception. So she, she left it for like three days before she was back on the internet. And she got like came back to just a swathe of messages of like, what the fuck are you saying? What are you doing? And then she explained on her podcast what had happened and so on and so forth. But people like to the point where I think she put up a public thing saying this is what happened. And if you want to talk to me about it, I'm open for you to message me individually and we can discuss I'm, you know, I always book Jewish acts and I know Jewish people and I'm clearly not anti-Semitic in my day-to-day life. Mm. But also, like, fuck you. Anyway, the point is that I was talking to s- to a complete stranger and her name came up in a review that she'd done of my show. And they were like, oh, yeah, but she's an anti-Semite. <laughs> and I was like, man, that's one old lady not using the internet properly. And now she's got this stamp, and no one will those that person was not going to investigate or find out more. They just heard it from someone else. Who yeah, heard it from somebody else. Who, but that 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 that'll ruin you. Like to the point where I was thinking maybe I should take her quote off my poster.
1: No, I wouldn't do that. Because uh, well, at least you know then of you know what the story is. Well, I was like,
0: why would she give me such a good review if because I'm sort of Jewy. Are you half? On the wrong side, dad's side. So I'm not technically, but this I am. Um, this podcast is over. <laughs> I s- well, I say <laughs> I'm Jewish enough to tell Holocaust jokes or be offended by them.
1: Yeah, it's just an excuse, though, mate. Fucking no. excuse. Uh, I mean, it's I like me saying I can things. do I can do rape jokes because I'm a, I'm gay. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Because gay rape doesn't exist, by the way, everybody. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I I'd, I'd, I'd heard that. Um, no, I think. Uh, I don't. I don't really get hugely offended by Holocaust jokes, and I don't definitely don't tell them. See, well, but
1: it depends. I always if it's in conversation, uh, with one of your friends, and you know they will find it funny, as if they are, as if you, it's, it's a case of I would never tell say a joke, to uh, one of my mates, uh, or about one of my mates if I wouldn't say it in front of their face. Mm-hmm. And I think I said something like, who was it? Oh, Ben van der Velde, um, he's a Jewish act, and uh, he said something about his dad's num uh, his number, and then he's Jewish, and I went, uh, which number are you talking about here? As in, is it his phone number, or is it the number he got at the Nazi uh, concentration camp kind of thing? Uh, it was so much funnier at the time, I can't remember the actual, the... The turn of phrase the that the made it hilarious. The turn of phrase that, was that made it hilarious, aye. But then when I said that, I could see other people around in the group kind of look at me going, that was so offensive what you just said. But Ben found it funny. But at the same time, I was kind of like, I'm not making fun of any... There's like even offensive topics that you kind of like... Offensive topic to talk about, but then the joke itself is not offensive. And you're not making fun of any victim. Like I say that I would never rape anybody unless it was like in self-defense. Yeah, Which doesn't make any sense because you can't do that yeah and then some girls get offended and then i go don't worry girls it's gay rape so it's funny but it's those kind of jokes that people just hear the the word the word so it's like the word holocaust the word rape the word uh pedophilia
0: really interesting it's a theory that i'm working on and i'm trying to put into a song because that's a good way to be clear about your meaning Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's super dangerous is what i'm saying i it may go horribly wrong because i'm trying to make a quite a nuanced point inside of a metaphor (laughs) Um, but the point that I'm thinking about recently is that I think that being offended when somebody says the wrong word or opens the wrong topic like the reason that offense is becoming so much more powerful than it used to be like being offended is becoming like a really powerful political and social And usually for good, Mm. more or less, like more people are considering what they're saying and that's a good thing. But I think part of the reason it's being put more weight on the words and and what we can is because the words are the things that we can control. So when someone brings up a topic, it reminds you, if they say a rape joke, no matter who the victim of the rape joke is, it reminds you that rape exists. Aye. And it reminds you that this inequality exists in society. And so a joke about gay people or about a a race or religion or gender that's been particularly oppressed just reminds you. And that's why when somebody calls you a bad name, they're reminding you of your place in the hierarchy, right? They, They say the thing, it defines you, and then you're reminded that they're more powerful than you or that you're vulnerable to them. You know, make me a sandwich, bitch, is offensive not because someone's asked me to make, them a sandwich but because they're reminding me
1: what about a cup of tea, <laughs> <a> <laughs> cup of <laughs> tea uh,
0: because they're reminding me that they could make me if they wanted to Aye. and that there's times at which i wouldn't have had a choice and all of those things come up they're reminding you of that inequality but the solution to that is not to stop people saying that it's to fix the inequality
1: yeah um, which is
0: a lot harder to do
1: and you have to wonder whether or not um well, I can only speak for the, the gay thing of whether or not the key is to uh, ignore certain ones. Like, pick your battles. Mm. Because, obviously, things like the Orlando thing, then you're like, well, that is clear homophobia. And then if some if you're walking down the street and somebody shouts, oh, you're a you faggot or whatever like that, if, you say, you're quite camp and they could tell you were gay or they knew before... And they say that, then you need to sort that stuff out. But then in a conversation yourself, then it's whether or not like using a word like poof or bender or whatever like that or even faggot um has a different meaning like the Louis C K bit mm. I kinda thought that's brilliant I do that kinda thing about the bend the word bender and it's almost like reclaiming the word. Because well actually to be fair, like even thinking of it as well, like when rappers use the N word Yeah. I get really, I can get quite annoyed at that as well because I'm like, well, that's keeps introducing the word back in, yeah. to, and then also whenever well. uh, they call each other, like you see kids calling each other, like uh, I'm not going to say it because then I'll get in trouble, and then people will be like, oh, that Larry Dean, that's the racist guy. But when they, when people say, oh, like, oh, you're my N word, and it's just like that's that's well, not. It's,
0: it's that weird thing where. You're, simil- you're trying to do two things at once. One is reclaim and disempower the word by right. using it, and then it be- gets less sting. But if you're doing that at the same time as saying who can use it, yeah, yeah. it ki- you're trying to keep it sting. You're actually trying to it's maintain... The, yeah, it's
1: the issue because I've got, I've got the thing in which for gay guys, saying bender or whatever like that, I'm fine with that. But then at the same time, from an outsider's perspective, like I've got whenever there's uh, like black guys using the N-word, Mm. They've got obviously the right to say whatever they want, but you and also
0: then, can pass. Yeah, as yeah.
1: And then at gay. the same time, I'm listening into that as an outsider, going, "Oh wait, actually, I'm not fine with that." But then I'll call my mate who's gay a faggot, and <laughs> so you know what I mean. But it's like I think it's that's it's like you get white man, white man guilt, and I think white man guilt is like it. it white man guilt is for racism and sexism and uh, homosexuality, and the white man guilt thing is that you're uncomfortable with anything because you feel so guilty about what happened in the past
0: yeah but then there's this this other thing of like so say a word is offensive like you say bender is offensive that's never been in my vocabulary an offensive term i didn't know that it was a word for gay people until i I might have heard it before but basically until i came to england i didn't know it was a term that Hmm. was a term i didn't know it was like a word you could use, so well, I, let alone an insult.
1: Well, some people find it offensive. Like, obviously, I don't because I use it on stage. Um, but I've had the thing of people coming up to me after gigs and then saying I don't like how you use the word bender. And it's never the gay guys. Yeah. Never the gay woman. It's always the lady, the fifty-year-old lady from Margate who's got a gay friend who she says hello to once every six months. That kind of thing. Of like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get offended on other people's behalf.
0: Well, there's sort of two things there. One is like this, this thing of like, I didn't know that was an insult. And so when I feel like, you know, school kids calling each other the N-word, they're not using it. Mm. They're using it because it's cool in songs. They're not using it as a as an insult. So to take it as an insult or take it as oppression because there's a history of it mm. seems strange. If the intent isn't there, if it's children who've heard it in a song saying a song that they've heard or because they think it's cool, because the rappers that they like and hmm. think are awesome use it. It's weird to then tell those children that they can't use the word because it's offensive.
1: True. I think the, the main issue I've got with the rap music as well is the fact they use that word, yeah. but then talk about slapping your bitch up and yeah. gun violence, and it's homophobic, most of it. And then, for instance, we've got the thing of James Bond... Just say a lot of people want him to be a black character, but he's awful. And, and who?
0: Like James Bond. James Bond. He's awful. Like I mean, and he's fun to watch, but, but he's an kids awful will person. Watch
1: it. But <laughs> yeah, exactly. But kids will watch it, and I think when people say, "Oh, but he's he's in the book; he's a white guy," like, "What?" Well, as if anybody has ever watched James Bond and thought, "Well, this isn't like the book." Who reads the <laughs> Who reads the books? And I I think that's a, a major argument for the thing of. Um, which you've got to get kids to look up this is the pushing the what's it called pushing for having equal representation uh, equal representation because you need to push kids to go like because they were thinking of making spider-man gay and I thought if they make spider-man gay that'd be much more easy to tell my cousin what uh, what I am because I can just go like spider-man and instead of him going what the hell is that he'd be like oh cool like spider-man's got a boyfriend that's cool
0: Adam Richard who I had on the podcast um a while ago, a couple of months ago, uh, is a very prominent gay sort of actor and comedian and radio personality in Australia. And is he, he hot? He, <laughs> <laughs> uh, he has a boyfriend. Um, but he's, he did breakfast radio for, I think, 10 years. Mm. Even uh, I- Breakfast radio is an exhausting thing and most people have a shelf life of a couple of years before they age out of it or can't handle it. But he, he said part of his motivation for continuing to do mainstream because he's got a very sort of, I mean, his the way that he speaks is very camp and he's, you know, he laughs and giggles. He has a very, like, he was saying, if I'm on the radio, I'm your friend. If you're listening to me in the car every morning, you think I'm your friend. Which means that when your son comes out to you, you go, oh, like Adam.
1: Yeah, yeah. There's and it has the to it.
0: Yeah, it, 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 it. it And that was the whole point of the coming out project, which happened after Stonewall, which was people coming out as a political act so that you couldn't pretend you didn't know any gay people Mm -hmm. because you knew that your uncle was gay and you knew that your cousin was gay and you knew that, you know, that man down the street was gay. The visibility thing. But that, yeah, it's... It's an... uh, It's an interesting one. I do think there should be much more diversity, but I also think that part of the reason... To go back to my original point, part of the reason that people are now putting so much weight on offense is because then it feels more momentous and more powerful to change an offensive word rather than change the world. Like if you think of being offended as a real injury, then you stopping someone from being offended is as good as stopping someone from getting bashed.
1: Yeah, exactly. But it's, it's much it's harder
0: to stop someone getting bashed.
1: Yeah, but uh, they think, oh, if we change, if we uh, get rid of that word, then it'll be all sorted.
0: And so then, when you say like words are violence, which is not to say words aren't really hurtful and that they can be, you know, hurt hurtful and and really damaging. But if you say words are basically like if you call a gay kid a name, and then they commit, you know, then there are gay kids who commit suicide. And so calling them a name is basically killing them. Mm-hmm. There's that kind of logic, and it's not that starkly laid out but it tends to be when those arguments come out about like why can't people say x word often they'll draw you to suicide statistics or murder statistics people get killed by people calling them that word or they they commit suicide because people called them that word as though calling them the word is the violence so stopping the word is like stopping the violence which it isn't
1: yeah and you have to wonder whether or not it's uh yeah, this whole thing of like you can't say that word or whatever has both made it worse. Of actually, you get since you think, like, say that now you since you come over and you found out about the word bender. Yeah. And then if somebody was to call you a bender and you've been told by so many people that's such an offensive word, then it'll make you more offended by it yeah. because beforehand you're like nonchalant, in which yep. you kind of like. Oh, I don't know what that word means. But like I, there's words of which if you actually think back to what the meaning of the actual words are. Uh, I always think the, wo- I'd h- the one word I hate getting called and I always think it's the most harshest word to call uh, a lot of people is a loser. A loser, yeah. Because yeah. I always think that's a oh. really harsh thing to say. It's just like it's in like your whole life because I think of that as like oh your life is shit. So yeah. I much prefer somebody to go you're a fucking poof because I'm kind of like well you're just stating facts here but yeah, then if the you call me a loser it's like you're having a, a go at my life.
0: Calling <laughs> a fat person fat is offensive or you know, yeah, you call
1: somebody a fat person fat, it's just like, well, if they are fat, then you're just, it, like, I've got fat friends who kind of like, just go, fair enough. But it's when, it's almost like you have to accept who you are, and then you won't find that offensive anymore. Because also, I was like, faggot, well, poof, bend is, loss. yeah
0: Yeah, which is, the point is that, that, that if you accept who you are, if you can, if you live in a society and a world where it is just who you are, and you're mm. not underprivileged because of it. If a fat person isn't discriminated against for being fat, then they're just fat. And you can call them fat, and they're like, yeah, I'm fat, and...
1: Yeah, and then it completely leaves out the the other person doesn't know what to say.
0: So don't bother fixing the word, fix the world. I feel like we need need to to say to
1: anybody listening to this, we are not saying, get over yourselves, guys. No, no, that's (laughs) not what we're saying.
0: That's definitely not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that... I feel like part of the many, many reasons and some of them very good that, that people are getting more offended and people are opening up these topics more. But I think one part of the drive to make offence a more important thing that you're offended and so we need to fix it or we need to help you or we need to ban the word or we need to whatever. Part of it is because it's much easier to fix the words than it is to stop, to fix inequality. Mm. Whereas if you fix inequality, then no words will have power. In that way.
1: Yeah, but no matter what, you're always going to have inequality, which is horrible, but you will.
0: Yeah, but it's better to, w- like, as you it's were saying yeah, before, it's idealism. Better to, it's, it's better, better to, be to work towards a perfect world than a world where no one can say anything. Aye. To draw attention to the fact that it isn't, imp- that it is imperfect.
1: Basically, what we are trying to say, world, okay? Me and Alice have got a message. <laughs> Stop being fucking nasty to people. Okay, <laughs> that's a new law. Stop being a cunt. Being Just be yeah. nice to people no matter what, even the if they're being a to you. The nicer you
0: are to people, the more likely you are to be allowed to call them a faggot.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, if anybody <laughs> when you listen to this... And you want to be nice to people, you can message me on... If you want to let out some steam, you can message me on Twitter and call <laughs> me a faggot. And I will retweet it and my followers will eat you, you alive. Have have, <laughs> but you have to
0: have legitimate like photographic or video proof of you being a genuinely good person making a yeah, difference in we the Yeah, should
1: we do that then? Should we get, get, try and get people to, uh, to <laughs> videotape yourself helping an old lady across the street and then just hashtag faggot <laughs> and we will change, we'll change the meaning of the word faggot.
0: I think that's a that's a good way to do it. Uh, where can people find you online, Larry Dean?
1: Uh, I am at Larry Dean Comedy on uh, Twitter and uh, Facebook. I'm all just I think you just type in Larry Dean, background of the profile pictures blue. I'm looking up at the sky. I got told I look like a what ret- uh, well, I was gonna say an offensive word there. Oh my god I was gonna say I got told that I looked like a retarded Ryan Gosling. Uh,
0: that's nice. I mean, you're using it in quotation, so is yeah, it
1: offensive? Is it, it's not offensive because somebody else said it. Uh, and uh, that's another one. I think that we should change that. That meaning of the word should change, in which we can now call terrorists retards, because it will make it much more better. Because terrorist sounds like they're, you know, they actually know sounds what they're cool. doing. Yeah, well, because if it's a white terrorist, but we call would them you mentally swap ill. It?
0: So then you'd say that. Um, would you swap it so somebody who has a mental disability, you then call them a terrorist?
1: No, no, no. You just call them mentally ill. Okay. Well, because obviously only white terrorists are mentally ill guys. But, uh-huh. you know, the non-white ones, they're obviously just terrorists. But, uh, God, fuck fucking that media stuff, man. But I think it just changed. All terrorists should just be called retards. Um, be much better news. <laughs> Two retards opened fire. and uh, So, uh, yeah, anyway. <laughs> so, uh, Facebook, Twitter... Uh, I'm on a website. Oh man, I'm so shit at selling myself. Look me up on YouTube and get my video a like Google or something. Google Larry I... Dean.
0: Look him up. He's very funny. I'll put a tweet up to a, a link up on a, on my tweet.
1: And to... Don't judge me for my opinions, please.
0: <laughs> no, no one will. That's not the point of this podcast. It's a play with ideas rather than like solve everything in one go. So. Oh, oh.